0: Back here at Schneider Arena, Mike McNamee, John Lee with you. Our score after two is Merrimack two, Providence one. The Warriors trying to get a split of the weekend series. Joining us for this second intermission, Andy Merritt, New England Hockey Journal. And Andy, it's been another uh, you know, old-fashioned, old-time hockey, whatever you want to call it. A hard-fought action. Every goal is—I
1: mean, every goal we've seen tonight has scored to the greasy area right around the net. No surprise, I guess. Yeah, I think we could probably count on on one hand how many real, true breakaways we've seen in this game. Both teams playing a a really good possession game. Which you know, it's kind of what we expect. And after last night, I'm just glad to see a few more shots after last night's game. That was good to see. Yeah. Uh, so again, the Warriors
0: leading two to one. Each one. Finally breaking through on the power play. It looked like Providence was all set to break the game open. They scored a goal on the five on three after the major call against Kyle Singleton, but then they weren't able
1: to do anything after that on the, the rest of the major. I think if we went back to you know back in in time, got in the Delorean and said to Mark Dennehy, in the second period, you're going to lose Singleton for the game, five minute major. How, what, do you, what do you want out of that period? And you'd say, I just hope we survive it. To come out of it with a goal, I mean, that's that was a heck of a rebound effort. You know, you give up the power play goal early on that power play, but then to come back, get the line straightened out, because that, that was, you know, it was Bly taking a penalty and then Singleton taking the penalty. So that third line was all messed up, and they got it figured out, and then played a pretty strong period the rest of the way. I mean, that's, that's a pretty impressive effort to come back from that. You give up a five-minute major, or take a five-minute major, rather, you're just hoping to make it to the end of the period without too much damage. And, Merrimack played really well. It's interesting what happens on a major penalty. Where, if you if you fend off those first couple of chances from the, the team with the advantage, you can you can get away with some stuff because that's a lot of energy expended by the power play team. It's interesting
0: too because you got a situation in Providence. Two teams in kind of different situations coming into the weekend. Providence is maybe a bad period away from still being undefeated in the country, and uh, with Minnesota and St. Cloud going down last night, would have still been the only remaining undefeated team. Merrimack, a club that's been trying to find itself for the first month or so of the season, back-to-back shutouts up in Denver and playing four games against Atlantic Hockey teams where they win three out of four, but it's tough to really gauge how where they are at that point and. You know, we talked with Nate Lehman before the game for Providence, and he said, well, maybe they were a little surprised because they watched the Bentley game, and Merrimack didn't look their best in the game, and they, they, they thought maybe they knew what to expect, and Merrimack came out and played totally different last night. So uh, this whole business of, of, of 20 league games versus 27 and half of your games are going to be, uh, I'll ask you the question that I put to Nate Lehman in our, uh, in, uh, at least uh, when we talked to him before the game. that find this an interesting uh, philosophy or whatever. So here you are, NCAA Division, one hockey, you're battling against Major Junior trying to get kids to come to, to your way of playing the game as opposed to going there. And you're, you only have 34 games to work with anyway. They've got double that or so. And now we're going to tell, now we're going to say, well, out of those 34, only 20 of them really count, right? So, I mean, is, is, it, is it good for the game? Are they better off trying to find a way to get more league games? Well,
1: I, I think it's good for some teams. It's good for, you know, it's the rich get richer. It's good for the BCs and the BUs because they're not going to have any trouble finding some games against Minnesota against Michigan to fill in those non those non-conference slots that now have opened up and, and it is a lot even for the for the good clubs it's a lot of math that you have to do to figure out how to fill those games but for teams like Merrimack and Providence where you aren't necessarily attracting the top level teams because it's, they're small arenas they're kind of out of the way it's not a big city you don't have the TV rights and all that stuff I think that those are the teams that really get hurt whether where they're right on that sort of that bridge between really good and just pretty good. Um, and that can really hurt if you don't have that. You know, if you're in hockey East, when you're playing 27 games a season, that's 27 games against top-level talent. But now it's only 20. If you're Merrimack, you've got to dig to find some games. That means some games against Atlantic hockey, which, you know, obviously they can be competitive, but they're not going to help you much in the national rankings. They're not going to help you much come tournament time. So, you know, it, it's definitely it's harder, I think, for teams like this when you don't have those conference games to attract the kids to say you're going to be playing games that matter. Every night. And what it just means is that as a program, you have to really commit to the idea that we are trying to get into the NCAA tournament every year, so every game that we play matters, no matter who it is.
0: You know, maybe that's an area where the whole pairwise thing, and even though they've tried to be more transparent, and they have over the years gotten to be much more transparent than they were when the whole thing started out, it still seems to me that, you know, when two points are on the line, or I guess out west, three points, right, when are on the line in the league game, it just seems to feel like it's that much more important. Again, you go north of the border, major Jr. Two points are on the line every night, right? I
1: mean, why can't we find a way to get that done? Well, right, and that's you know the, the question is, do we really need to have conferences in the traditional sense that we do, or especially in hockey? I mean, you know, basketball's got a gazillion teams, football's got a gazillion teams, but in hockey, it's not that many teams. Could you do, you know, conferences that are? It's really just a league with different divisions within the league, kind of like an NHL setup where you do it geographically. You know, I think I think that's something that could definitely be pursued. I know there are all kinds of. You know pitfalls to that. That I'm sure if there are any athletic directors listening, they're just shaking their head like you're an idiot. But you know, I I think well, that that would be normal for our broadcast. Nice. Hey, I'm just trying to add to the. You know, I'm trying to fit in. No, you, know. you are. You've already raised the level of discourse. now. I, I would. wish. Um, but no, you know, it is it is hard with the league setup where you know you have some of the the halves, the leagues like Hockey East and, and the Western leagues that are top level. But then they also have to find some games against leagues that aren't that good. You know, is there a way to make that that whole situation better so that you know teams have a little bit. More even chance of getting into the tournament. I think it's possible to do, but it is—it's definitely a work in progress. I'll say this: I like—I like our system of, of doing all of this way better than football, certainly football, and even basketball. You know, teams get get hosed every year in basketball too. So, I mean, hockey's—it's still again a work in progress. I think there's a way to make it better, but I do like, for the most part, the way it works. You know, I didn't intend it to take that direction. It was an interesting topic, but I want to ask you quickly: You saw Northeastern last night. Yep. We'll see them in a couple of weeks. Maybe 30 seconds. So your thoughts about them? Northeastern, you know, and it's tough. November is when we start to kind of figure out what teams are. And I think Northeastern is a team with a little bit of talent, um, but they have some holes, and, and I think that those holes are exploitable. You know, it's a goaltending situation with a, a guy who hasn't played a lot and played with. So th- uh, there are some, some things that you can exploit. Um, but Northeastern teams always play really hard, and, and, you know, Merrimack teams play pretty physical too. So it'll be it'll definitely be fun to watch, but you really you have to make sure you get that early goal and get on top of them soon. All right, Andy, thanks for joining us. Andy Merritt, New England Hockey Journal. He's got a nice
0: story. on new BU coach, David Quinn. I wish we had time to talk about that, too. But, again, check out his work. New England Hockey Journal, the the print, publication, and also online. So thanks for joining us, Andy. Thanks, Mike. Great to have him. All right. Andy Merritt, our guest here with the Score Providence and Merrimack. Merrimack leads 2-1 after 2. Back after this, you're listening to Merrimack Hockey.